got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we are going to be talking about how to survive and thrive through this Bitcoin dive, that Bitcoin crash. I fit that in at the last minute. Let's go for the alliteration station here on the YouTube's Bitcoin. As you guys know, is trading at thirty thousand dollars. It is currently three hundred and forty-nine dollars above the coveted level of thirty k for all of those bears that are trying to sell and enter short positions, and all those bulls wanting to buy the dip. But how do we survive and thrive through this Bitcoin dive? That's how we are going to be talking about today. We're going to be doing some comparison between the 2018 bear market and this current bear market that we called about a week ago after we dropped below $30,000 for the first time. We're going to be looking at technical factors that confirmed and led to the 2018 bear market and take a look at where we may line up if we were to compare our current bear market to the bear market of 2018. We're going to be comparing those two. And then in our discussion segment, we're going to continue on with that same thought. And we're going to talk about how the bravest voices speak up in the bear market. Who do we listen to when Bitcoin is crashing? Do we listen to a talking head on CNN that has never traded a single Satoshi in their life? Or do we listen to people that have been in the space for a very long time? Or people that have been, you know, under the mentorship of people that have been in the space for a very long time? Who do we listen to? And the people that we should be listening to what are they saying right now? Should we be buying? Should we be selling? Should we be waiting for a dip? Should we be expecting a $3,000 Bitcoin, then half a million dollar Bitcoin by 2037, as one of the people that we're going to be discussing, Harry Dent, is calling for? We're going to talk about all of that and more in today's episode of Coffee and Crypto Live. We go live 10 a.m. I almost said 9.30. It's been a while since we went live at 9.30. We go live 10 a.m. Eastern every single weekday, bring you the latest Bitcoin technical on-chain and fundamental analysis of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency markets, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? What's up, everybody? I, uh, You know what I'm doing right now? I'm going to smash the like button. You're going to smash the like button. Let's do it together. I haven't done it yet. Oh, yeah. no, I did, actually, because I'm a good and faithful subscriber. And I don't even know yet if I like the stream. You know, We'll have to see where it goes, but I'm going to hit that like button anyway just to be a, just to be a good guy, and I, I think like you should as well. We have. I like the plan that we have. You guys probably didn't know this. There's like five people that work on the planning of this stream for an hour and a half before it goes live. So shout out to the team. Yeah. All three Jeff. of us, mainly these two, and then also Malachi works on it. Not my son. Malachi, Malachi, our employee. <laughs> and then T-Shroom, he also works on the stream in the morning. So uh, shout out to all of them for making sure the stream is up and running and looking absolutely beautiful. But we are also joined by someone who is absolutely beautiful. His name is Smay. How are you doing, Smay? Hello, everybody. Cheers. <clears throat> Guess what happened last night? The Celtics won by 25. I'm so excited, guys. So now, um, I, I'm so happy. I'm going to give some... I, this, we're going to get to the green names in a second, but I would like to shout out some of the people saying go Celtics in the chat. So we got Crypto Steve, AJ, Willie, Tyler Maine, let's go Celtics, Kyle, uh, Mike Lowry, let's go Celtics. Uh, Juan, I'm not going to read yours. He said go uh, you. Okay, anyways. Uh, Queen with the with the Shamrocks, let's go. Crypto Alchemist, what's up from Boston? We got a Boston representative. I love all of you guys. Awesome, beautiful city. Back to you, Jeb. Well, guys, we got a lot to talk about. As far as sports ball is concerned, Michael Jordan is my favorite coach of an Alabama soccer team that I've ever seen in my entire life. That was so. actually a beautiful, a very beautiful mess up of everything I, <laughs> I the way you were able to mix so many different sports references i'm actually impressed with that okay one. that okay. was good i'm also michael bay i worked on titanic anywho let's yeah. go ahead and continue <laughs> on here with the analysis we're going to talk about those markets let's go ahead and jump on over to coin market cap here bitcoin is currently up 3.11 percent over the last 24 hours ethereum up 4.51 percent over the last 24 hours tether usd coin for now, anyway, trading sideways as they should be. XRP trading sideways up 2.5%. Binance trading sideways. Cardano up 0.63%. And also Solana up 1%. Dogecoin in the top 10 up half a percent. Polkadot up 1% as well. So we're seeing a little bit of movement in the cryptocurrency space right now. Terra USD currently trading at 
8 cents. It's actually kind of strange that it's still able to be in the top 100. It's still got a $900 million market cap. Don't let that fool you. It's a dead project. Don't think I would be very cautious about saying, oh, I'm going to go buy me some Terra USD because if it goes back to $1, then I will make me some money. I don't think that's what's going to take place. Uh, I would definitely avoid Terra, Luna, and UST with a 10-foot pole if you can. And Maybe be a little bit more skeptical of stable coins than we already were. That might not be bad guidance. But let's go ahead and take a look here at global total cryptocurrency market capitalization throughout history because I want to compare something here. This stream is going to be a stream of many comparisons because one of the best ways for us to understand principles is to shine a light on one principle and then on another and see how they both look under the same lighting from the same perspective. But let's take a look at both of them. Let's look at 2018 compare it to 2022, and then let's look at some people that have just gotten into the space that just got in in 2022, and some of the people that just got into the space in 2018 or before that, i.e., let's compare the last bear market and the opinions of people that have been through the last bear market to this bear market and the opinions of people that have not yet been through a bear market. That's this show in a nutshell, so let's go ahead and jump on into it. As you can see, all of cryptocurrency rallied to over three quarters of a trillion dollars, at the very end of 2018, Bitcoin hit all-time high at $20,000 on December 17th at 7 o'clock in the morning of 2017, right before Christmas. Then we saw Ethereum hit all-time high. I want to say on January 13th, 2018, if I go back in time here, we can catch the exact day. I believe it was January 13th when Bit when Ethereum topped out here. It was. It was January 13th. We topped out at $14.14. That's how I always remember the all-time high. It was $14.14 on January the 13th. Ethereum hit that level about a month after Bitcoin. And when Ethereum peaked out itself, that was when all of cryptocurrency hit its total market capitalization all-time high. Because if we take a look here back at this time frame and just zoom in a little bit, you'll be able to see there was one peak here at the very end, right when Bitcoin hit all-time high on uh, the 17th of December. You can see total market capitalization was just under $600 billion. Bitcoin dropped off a cliff. A lot of the money that left Bitcoin went into altcoins, and there was one final pump on the altcoin space all the way up to $800 billion for all of cryptocurrency. And that seemed like a huge number at the time, and don't make any mistake, it was. $800 billion is a lot of money, but it pales in comparison to what we're seeing now. We have hit multiple peaks during this this bull market that we have just ended between two and a half trillion dollars all the way pushing three trillion dollars, which makes the previous bull market look tiny because we only rallied 25% of where we were supposed to go. I posit that one, we're going to see the same thing happen in the next bull market, but two, we're also going to see the exact same sideways movement for a time. Uh, before we go into the next bull market that we saw in 2018 and 2019. So we're going to go ahead and jump into RTA here in just a second. But before we do, a word from our sponsor, guys, iTrust Capital. If you don't know who iTrust Capital is, they are the leader in retirement account portfolios for cryptocurrencies. I actually just got my account set up yesterday, and I got some funding set up to it. Those funds are on the way over there right now because we like to put our money where our mouth is. iTrust Capital is a phenomenal product because if you want to get into the cryptocurrency space, well, while also reaping the tax advantages of traditional or Roth IRAs, depending on what your strategy is, you're not going to find a better platform to do so than iTrust Capital. We trust iTrust because we understand what they stand for, who they are, because we met most of their team, and we also know that investing in cryptocurrency with an IRA is not only a great way to incentivize long-term hodling in cryptocurrency because many of those tax advantages you have to wait a long time to actually receive as that's the way tax structures work, especially retirement accounts, but also it helps you to actually avoid those taxes. So number one, it helps you to avoid and defer those taxes, but it also helps to incentivize long-term investment with the number one platform in the space. They have the lowest fees in the space as far as I'm aware. And if you sign up with the link in the description box down below, sign up down below right now, you will get a $100 funding reward when you send some funds on over. This may look like you want to say something. What you got there, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to say we something. We got to read some green names. We Man, I'm forgetting everything names. today, aren't I? You know what? It's all right, Jeb. Uh, you know, we have uh, this green to thank um, oh. today. So I'm going uh, to say these green names here with so much passion and excitement. We have Kasha Cats, Matt C., Groovy, Siobhan Goulet, Crypto Alchemist, Groovy again, Cash of Cats again, Matt C again, Siobhan Goulet, uh, Crypto Alchemist, uh, Veronica Gainey, 
and those are the green names I'm seeing. I could probably scroll up. Tom Wilkes, I want to shout him out Go off the Tom top Wilkes. of my head. Crypto Sekai off the top of my head. Christopher, crypt, uh, crypt, Christopher. Did you get Siobhan Golay? I did. Christopher Jojo, McFarlane. Christopher Malvo, uh, Christopher McFarlane. Dennis Pizarka uh, is not in chat, but Dennis shout out to Pizarka, Dennis Pizarka. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Brad Geidel. I like him Malvo. in particular. Uh, and uh, yeah, so shout out to everybody. Now back to you, Jeb. And also shout out to our two Super Chats, which will we, we will be reading after the technical analysis. Elliot Locke and Juan Guerrero. Th Guerrero. I think I got that right. I don't know. I'm learning Spanish, but I still don't know how to pronounce anything. Uh, shout out to you guys. We will be reading those chats here in just a little bit. And shout out to Grand Roofing Incorporated and Sultan of Salt. I don't know if you guys have gotten your shout out just yet. What we're going to do now is go ahead and jump into some technical analysis comparing this bear market, which we just called uh, nine days ago on the 11th, to the 2018 bear market. One of the big principles that we want to hammer home today is the importance of experience and intuition and wisdom. So I'm not here to pat myself on the back, but what I am going to say is that I've been in cryptocurrency for five years in two months. July 31st will be five years since I got into the cryptocurrency space. In that time, I have been through one bear market, uh, depending on how you define what happened in 2019, two bear markets, because some people call what happened in 2019 a little mini bear market, a massive flash crash where Bitcoin dropped 50% in a day. I've watched Bitcoin drop from $65,000 down to $30,000 in the span of less than three months. I've watched Bitcoin drop from 70K to where it is now at 30K, down 65% in the span of just over 200 days. I've watched Bitcoin go from $3,000 to $20,000 and then back to $3,000 just as fast as it got there in the first place. So I've watched a lot of this stuff happen in the cryptocurrency space. And what we want for you to have, guys, is we want you to have an overwhelming sense of peace. Now, we firmly believe that the true source of peace is the Holy Spirit because that's a fruit of the Spirit. But we also want you to know that you can have peace in cryptocurrency leaning on the experience of people that have come before you. There's a reason that we listen to uh, people that have come before us and have experience in what we do. Hopefully, anyway, a teacher of yours who is teaching you something has actually learned what they are teaching, not only from a book, but through experience. So I'm here to say that I've been through multiple bear markets, depending on how you define them, one bear market or multiple, again, depending on how you would define 2019. I've been through flash crashes. I've watched five years of history in this market. I've watched Bitcoin drop 40, 50, 60% more times than I can count. And I want to help you guys to understand how to have confidence in the space, not based on my understanding, a little bit based on that, if you think I do have understanding, but also based on the understanding of multiple very, very wise and intelligent people. I'll just drop some names here that we'll be discussing in the second segment. Harry Dent, Robert Kiyosaki, Michael Saylor. We're going to talk about Kathy Wood. What's the common denominator between all of them? Why are they speaking out right now? And what is similar between all of their stances? We're going to talk about all of that. But again, let's start by comparing 2018's bear market to the one we just called. The very first thing I want to do here is I want to explain how Bitcoin's bear market in 2018 was so much worse than what we saw over the last six months. And you might be thinking, Jeb, that's terrible. That's crazy. We just saw Bitcoin drop 60 plus percent in 200 days. How could you possibly say that the bear market at the beginning of 2018 was so much worse? Well, let's just look at the numbers, shall we? Between the days of December 17, 2017, and around just before midnight, I think it was, December 22, 2017, Bitcoin dropped 46% in five days. That is 9%, just shy over 9% a day to the downside. I'm not going to get too graphic for the sake of you guys, you know, being a pleasant show and for the sake of not getting demonetized on YouTube, but there were people that were with us before that time that were no longer with us after that time because they lost so much money. That's a terrible, horrible, tragic thing. I only bring that up so that you know just how bad it was. That is what we saw happen at the end of 2017. During that time, we saw a 46% drop in five days. And by the way, if anybody's struggling with that, you can reach out to us or you can reach out to other people. There are people that are there to help you and listen to you. That's very important. That's very serious. That's not this topic, but that just is something I wanted to mention. We saw Bitcoin drop 46% in that time. We then saw Bitcoin continue to drop 53% in 31 days. And the main bottom that we would see come in on February the 6th, we dropped 70% in 51 days. We've seen Bitcoin 
during this time drop from all-time high to where we are right now 57 percent in 191 days so we're talking about four times as long and we haven't dropped as far that is how quickly bitcoin retraced from all-time high it went to twenty thousand dollars dropped all the way down to six thousand dollars in no time and then what happened is the volatility started drying up for the span of nearly a year it went all the way until november and the traders kept getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and every single time we thought okay the rally's going to continue nope rally's going to continue nope rally's going to continue nope traded sideways hoping that we were going to have a rounding bottom like we had in the previous bear market as you can see over here but nope bitcoin would go on to drop another 50 percent in 31 days again so what we saw in 2018 was two 50 percent drops within 30 days a 50 percent drop within five days a 70 percent drop within 50 days all in all a very very hard time that was when this channel was getting started I launched the channel November 16, 2017, right here. So I was trying to launch the channel and get the channel started and actually make something of the channel. And then boom, a bear market kicked off for the first year and a half. It was a trial by fire. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me in this cryptocurrency space. Because if you can survive this, then by golly, you can survive this. Whenever Bitcoin moonshots, you can figure out how to treat that if you understand how to make money in the bear market. Because millionaires, billionaires, highly successful people speaking monetarily make their money during the bear markets. But how did we actually call the 2018 bear market because if we understand that then we can start to understand how we call this bear market we call the bitcoin bear market for a couple of reasons number one it broke major market structure i'm not going to go into too much detail but i will just tell you one of the major trends that we saw in 2017 was a 40 percent drop down to the 100 daily simple moving average feel free to go back and do your homework and look at that trend one of the first videos on the channel literally the first video on the channel i talked about that trend we broke that market structure uh, right around here. Right around here, the very end of January was when we knew that Bitcoin was uh, going into a bear market. We saw Ethereum top out at that same time. We also saw Bitcoin drop 46% in five days. You normally don't see that big of a drop during a, bull, a Bitcoin bull market, especially considering we were only dropping 40% even over the span of a month or more during the bear market. We also saw sentiment hit an all-time high and then very quickly drop off a cliff. We saw Dude Perfect, Ellen DeGeneres, all kinds of mainstream media talking about Bitcoin, and then they dried up overnight. We saw institutional retail and media interest declined sharply in Bitcoin. These were all things that told us that the bear market was starting. Market sh market sentiment shifted very quickly. I was trying to combine those words accidentally. Those things happen very fast. Those things have happened much slower in this case. So that's one of the differences between these markets. In that bear market, it happened in the span of about a week. In this market, it's taken place over the span of about six months. And we've talked about in other streams what that means. I think that means that you're going to see a slower drop down to the absolute low and then a slower rally. But the point is, we see the same things happening, even if they happen in different places. But so we know how the Bitcoin bear market started. That's one of the reasons that we know we've started a Bitcoin bear market in this point. But how do we know when the Bitcoin bear market was over? Well, in 2020, I'm sorry, 2018, we saw Bitcoin lose all of its volatility and have a major drop down to very low lows that it had previously set as all time highs. Well, what did we see happen in this bear market? What we saw is Bitcoin's volatility dropped sharply. It dropped quite a bit down, not quite, but getting there to previous all-time highs. That's exactly what we saw happen back over here. Volatility declined. If you look at volume, it's going to do the same thing. Volume went down. It had a sharp spike. Then we dropped down to previous all-time high at $3,000, traded sideways for three to six months, then went into a rally. Something very similar may end up happening here. We may end up dropping all the way down to previous all-time highs, seeing a big spike in volume, which it doesn't look like it because the charts are messed up. It doesn't weight volume the same going through time, but we did see a big spike in volume here. Drop down a previous all-time high, trade sideways for a time, and then slowly but surely move into a new rally. So that's how we saw the Bitcoin bear market starting in 2018. That's how we saw it end. I think you're going to see it end relatively similarly this time. You're going to see Bitcoin lose a lot of its volatility, either in this case, or we might see it down here happen again, have a final leg down to previous all-time high, or another major level of support, such as the 200 weekly simple moving average currently sitting at $21,200. And then we will see a slow rally all the way back up to all-time highs. Tim, how do you compare the 2018 bear market market to the 2022 bear market. And I know you've done a lot of historical analysis on that market. What have you learned from looking at 2018 that you think we can apply here in 2022? Well, you know, the one thing, and I talked about this yesterday that I'm looking at, no, no bear market's going to look identical, but they're going to have some similarities. And again, one of them is watching the volume. Why watch the volume? Because that's when a lot of the trades are starting to come in. You're going to see, if you go back throughout history, the highest volume is actually pinpointing where we're getting close. That's actually really funny. 
It's not pinpointing the exact bottom or the exact top. It's pinpointing when we are getting close. Now, there have been times where it actually was the very bottom or the very top, but more often than not, we end up actually seeing a, a divergence come into play, RSI or both bullish or bearish. Uh, also, I mean, I don't give it enough credit, MACD diverges as well. But a lot of times when we see volume, you can go to my screen real quick here, uh, Smay. You know, right here, I'm, I'm looking at this current one. Massive volume comes into space here on the daily chart. This tells me, hey, we are getting close. Now, it also could mean we're at the middle. By the way, volume could come in the middle. This doesn't mean it's the absolute bottom, but if it is, let's say we are close to that bottom. And again, I think we are due to that massive volume we have not seen since the dip that we were had back here. And even that, it looks like we have a little more volume going on uh, overall than we did over here. But either way, uh, this is telling me this is close. We're going to come back down here at some point and get at least get down close to that level, if not go a little bit lower, have a spring, but the volume over there is going to be a little less. That's the research I've done. If you go to the 2018, you know, I'll go ahead and scroll over there and, and, and look at that real quick. Uh, bear with me just a second. 2018, 2018, come on now. Charts, where are we? So this one right here, boom. This is the this is an example 2018, end of 2018, where it was the bottom, but look at, oh no, it wasn't. Look, look at that spike in volume right there. I'm going to spread it out for you guys. Look at this spike in volume here. This was not the bottom. Sure enough, we came over here. This was the bottom. Now, look at the volume level right there. If I'm, if I'm showing you the exact bottom, this increase in volume comes on an upswing, not on the bottom. So we hit these levels, massive volume. We continue to decline, lower volume. That tells us, hey, we've actually gobbled up all the supply. So that's the principles that I'm kind of learning and growing in right now. Again, this is my first bear market. So by no means do I consider myself an expert. By no means do I I think I'm going to pinpoint this perfectly. This is my season to continue to grow and to learn and do my back analysis. And that's what technical analysis is. It's looking at the history. It's looking at price actions to do the best you can to try to predict the future. It's not perfect, but it actually is extremely helpful. So that's my thought at this point. Absolutely. And one more thing I want to mention here, guys, is if we look at the Bitcoin market, then we can also, you know, a lot of people are like, Jeb, you called the bear market too late. Well, here's the thing. We didn't actually call I didn't actually call the Bitcoin bear market in 2018 until right about here. And the reason was, if you go in here and you look at a, uh, let's go ahead and get our simple moving averages up. If you go in here and look at the moving averages, you have to wait until the market breaks market structure because you need to bet on the trend until the trend ends. At the time, not 91,000, uh, 9,100. At the time, Bitcoin, as I said earlier, was following this trend of bouncing off the 100 daily simple moving average. It happened about seven times in the span of two years. We didn't call the bear market on the exact moment that we hit the top. You can't do that. That's impossible. It's only possible with the benefit of hindsight. We called it when we broke major market structure, which was sitting here at $11,000, January 30th, a full 45 days later. Then we saw a final leg down here, and this period right here, if you go back on the channel, this period right here is when we knew we were in a bear market. All of this, we didn't really know yet. For all we knew, we could have just had a blow off top, and we were going to keep rallying. We knew we were going to break. We knew when we broke market structure at the end of January 2018 that we were going into a bear market. Similarly, in this case, we didn't know we were going into a bear market until we broke market structure and died below 30K. That's when we called a bear market. What happened in this market is that this phase of the market, the initial drop before market structure breakage, happened much slower during this bear market. It took us a long time to get back to support and break market structure than it did here in 2018. That tells us a couple of things. Number one, it tells us that this market, this bear market that we just entered, did technically start all the way back here November 10th when we hit all-time high. We don't have the benefit of hindsight on November 11th, though. We do now. So, yes, the bear market would have technically started back here in the same way the bear market technically started December 17th, 2017, but it's impossible to call the top. That just that just is not the way that the markets work. None of us have a crystal ball, a DeLorean, or a magic hot tub. What we do have is technical analysis, and that can tell us when the market has entered a bear market, and then we can say, okay, with the benefit of hindsight, we can say it technically started here, but now we can confirm it. We're looking for a confirmation, not the start, because you never know the start. What's the point here, though? This phase from all-time high to breaking the market structure and going into a, the bear market was only about 45 days. In this case, on Bitcoin, it was 193. What's my point? My point is the market's moving a lot slower this time to the downside, which indicates to me that this bear market is probably not going to be 
as drastic as we saw in 2018. But why would that be the case? Well, I think that a lot of the accumulation that needs to happen to allow the fundamentals to grow and catch up with the price, which is what we saw in 2018, the fundamental underlying intrinsic value of Bitcoin was doing this number and Bitcoin had to catch up with it by dropping a lot and then rallying with it. What's happened in the last year, even though we weren't in a bear market until November 10th and we weren't able to confirm it until nine days ago, is that Bitcoin's been trading sideways, flagging out up here, and the fundamentals have been catching up. So we don't need as deep of a bear market because we didn't have a massive blow off top where we rallied 500 or 1000 percent above the fundamental underlying intrinsic value. Instead, we've been trading sideways and catching up with it. So in the same way that you would catch up with a trend line, let's just draw a trend line right here. This will be a very easy way of explaining this. Now, I'm not here to say that underlying intrinsic value moves like this. This is just an example. If Bitcoin gets this far above a trend line, then it's got a lot of retracement to do to get back to it, right? But if Bitcoin gets far above it, it can either go down to it or it can go above it and trade sideways to catch up with it. You see what I'm saying? The underlying intrinsic value, really what Bitcoin should be trading at, fair market value, you might call it, is continuing to increase as regulation, regulatory clarity is going up. We're seeing adoption go up. We're seeing all of these things. But instead of having a massive drop down to it, as we saw in 2018, we're seeing sideways movement into it. So what's my point here? My point is Bitcoin needed to consolidate and correct and let the underlying intrinsic value catch up. A lot of that was done since April of 2021, meaning that I don't think this bear market is going to be as bad as it could have been. What I think we're going to see is a drop down to $20,000, but I don't think we're going to stay down around $20,000 for 18 months or 20 four months below all-time high like we did here. It took us three years, almost to the day, to break all-time high of $20,000. I think we're going to see maybe a little over a year to break all-time high, maybe 18 months. So we might be seeing all-time high breaking in quarter one of next year, something like that. But I don't think we're going to be below all-time high as long as we were in 2018. And that actually plays into the more macro trend of the market smoothing out and us not seeing these massive blow-off tops followed by 85% drops like we saw in 2018. But instead, we're going to start slowly moving to the upside in a more sustainable way. So it plays into that longer-term picture as well. What's the takeaway? The takeaway is there are similarities and there are differences between this bull market and the previous. But I think that this bear market is going to move much faster than the last bear market. And I also think that you're going to see uh, fundamentals continue to grow even faster in this bear market than you saw in the 2018 bear market because the space is so much larger. We're starting to go into parabolic fundamental growth phase. That would be my take on this. Tim, do you have any final thoughts before we move into Super Chats? Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, looking at a shorter time frame, what Jed was just talking about, obviously, if you go out to the daily chart, there is a lot of reasons. 20,000, you go back, back analysis, that would be a, a, a former top. Uh, we also have this nice little bear flag a lot of people love talking about this. We don't know where to put this yet. If you put it based off of this top right here, let's say we do end up going down. You could put it right there, which would give us a bottom of, I'll scroll down for you guys just so you can see it, 20,000, almost exactly, to right below it even, 19,900. Uh, there's a chance though, and I'm going to show you guys here when I go into my two hourly chart, zoom in here a little bit. There's, there's some there's still some hope that we might have some upside today even. If you guys are looking right here, we actually have a bull flag going on. I put this on my Twitter actually yesterday. Uh, I think I was talking about Cardano, but it's it, you're using Bitcoin. There's there's reasons to believe this could actually really play out here and give us a price a little closer. This says 31.6. If we follow in this bear flag, continue to rally, we could get up over 32,000. Uh, but look what we have going on right here. Not only are we at the bottom level of support with our flag, look at that two hourly 20 SMA right there sitting nice for a, a strong level of support. This is not said and done, but the fact that we have increased volume coming in when we got back to the top, a lot of times when you, the way you read these things is you look for the increased volume on the breakout. So in the same way, if I go out to my daily chart, just so you guys know, the way you're gonna know we're gonna start breaking on this bear flag is when we actually break through the line and then you're gonna see volume increase again. Uh, and that's gonna be the, the, the what you need the clarification to say, hey, this bear flag's about to play out. So again, if that's the case, let's say we did get up here this could give us a projection of down 20,500, but there's a lot still in play there. That's what the chart's showing us, though, at the moment. Two final things before we jump into Super Chats. Number one, somebody asked in chat, multiple people asked in chat, do I think we're going to see an 85% drop as uh, we've seen in previous bear markets? The last two major bear markets, we saw an 85% drop. No, I don't think that's going to happen. That would lead us to $10,000. I don't think that's likely. If you guys would like, we can make an entire video on that topic. We can take a note of that because I think that actually would be a video that people would really like to see. Drop a one in chat. If you would like 
like to see a video why I don't think Bitcoin's going to $10,000, even though the technical analysis says it should or says that it could happen. That can be a video that we do. Second thing, some people are saying in chat that really April, when we hit $64,000, should count as the all-time high because the bear market actually started there. I would... I don't know if I would say the bear market started there. What I would say is that in the same way a bear market allows for the price to um, correct back to the fundamentals, instead of correcting in price, what Bitcoin has been doing is it's been correcting in time. Instead of correcting down to the fundamentals, it's been correcting sideways. So yeah, you could say $69,000 is not as significant as $64,000. I, I would actually agree with that because the point is we are correcting towards fundamental value Um and we were just doing it mostly through time rather than through price because the fundamentals are so strong. Anywho, we're a little over time. Let's read some super chats and jump into our discussion. Yeah, we actually have a good amount. Right. But yeah, we, we have do. one from yesterday we didn't get to read from Eagles Ab. He said, how do you feel about Harmony and VeChain in the next bull run? Short answer on that one. I thought we did answer that one. I, did we? I don't remember yeah, I, said, I remember saying VeChain was mm. a project that we are probably going to see do very well fundamentally. I don't know if the price will keep up because there is a lot of FUD around it being based uh, around its association with China. As far as Harmony One, I can't speak on Harmony One very confidently because I don't study it very much, yeah. so I couldn't tell you on that. All right, let's get to the next one. We got Elliot Locke said, this is my first bear market. Got in in August of 2020. Am I supposed to be this excited for the drop? Yes. No, I'm not shorting anything. Not good enough for that yet. Keep up the good work. Yes, you are. And if you are, then uh, you've already kind of got the point for the entire discussion segment we're about to do. Mm-hmm. A Bitcoin bear market should not be scary. It should be exciting. You should have a sense of peace and calm because if you're following the the foundational principles that we've laid out, then you should be able to have enough money on the side to go in and buy the buy the bottoms and do very well in them. So no, that's not a yeah. bad thing. It's a good thing. Uh, Juan Guerrero said, I think we're in mid-cycle correction like the 2013 cycle. Back then it dipped 75% from the first top and then continued a second leg. What are your thoughts? I think we started the second leg when we dropped from $40,000. I yeah. think the first leg started November 10th and the second leg started at the end of April. Yep. 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 Uh, Robert. The end of April, right? Robert yeah. Petrie said we should propose. Sorry, to- end of March. Oh. Excuse me. Go yeah. ahead. Robert Petrie said we should propose to burn Luna V1 after the fork. <laughs> well, first of all, I don't think the fork is going to do anything because the brand is destroyed. And uh, two, I don't know if there's any point in doing anything with Luna V1 because it's dead. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Thomas Volante said, Jeb, you said Bitcoin may reach 20000 What do you believe the bottom is for ADA, and how long do you believe we have to accumulate those prices? I think the bo- just in short, because we do want to keep going here, and we will make more content on ADA relatively soon, I believe the bottom on ADA is probably going to be somewhere around $0.30 cents at this point. Mm. There was a pit stop there in January of 2021. That's really the only support I see. We dropped down to $0.38. Cents. We could go a little bit lower than that if Bitcoin drops down to 20 I think you're going to see a sub $1 Cardano for most of the rest of the year, though. So definitely be accumulating at those prices if you like Cardano. Yeah. And I think that's all we got here. We have, what time we got? Uh, we'll ask one question. JT Skinner said, how does the channel feel about Celsius Network? I don't know how I feel about Celsius Network, but I do know that I like Celsius the drink. Hashtag not sponsored, but if anybody from Celsius is watching, I do like your product. So, yeah, we can consider that. As far as Celsius Network is concerned, I have not personally used it. I think it's a good project, but I'm not really sure on that one. By the way, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that like button. We have 15 hundred people so gracious to watch us right now thank you very much for that consider hitting that like button and subscribing to the channel let's get to 600 likes here in just the next couple of minutes i know that we can do it smash that like button if you don't like the stream then hit that dislike button an even number of times so we know how much you hate the stream we really want to know so make sure you hit it either two four six eight ten times just make sure it's an even number if you make it an odd number that's okay it'll still count as engagement but you know we want people to like the stream anywho we're gonna go ahead and jump into our discussion segment. Are you ready, Tim? Let's do it. Ready as you'll ever be? Uh, no. No? I will always be underprepared. Just okay. kidding. I'm overprepared. Okay. I'm changing direction now. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm more... Hey, listen. That hurt. You need to, you need to cut that out. I'm that ready. Like, I'm ready. But here's what I will say. Here's what... Uh, you know what? Let me, let me say... Uh, the reason why we might not be ready is because we have 1,500 people watching but only 452 likes. So I think that needs to get a little better. I think we should sit ready. here and have the crickets chirping until 500 likes. I'm just kidding. That's I'm not sure that's happening as we speak. But yeah, yeah. Probably is. make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you smash that like button. Let's go ahead and jump on into it. What's the big idea, huh? 
What's the big idea, man? Every time I do it, I gotta I gotta nail that Brooklyn accent so I can say, what's the big idea, huh? I have no idea how to do it. We need to get Kelly in here. He's lived in Brooklyn for 10 years. Anywho, the bravest voices speak during the bear market. That's the big idea here. That's the big idea. You know, when uh, we got what's-his-name crossing the street and the cab almost runs him over. He's like, what's the big idea? What movie is that from? Tell me that. The bravest voices speak in the bear market. I want you to know something, and that is this. Those who choose to speak right now positively about Bitcoin are putting their reputation on the line. They are, because Bitcoin's down 60% from all-time high. There are technical reasons that say it could go down 85% from all-time high. Harry Dent, who we're about to talk about in a second, who is very pro-Bitcoin, is saying it'll go down to $3,000 first. He's actually a Bitcoin bull, believe it or not, but he thinks it could go down to $3,000. So the people that are saying, I heart Bitcoin, I invest in Bitcoin, I buy Bitcoin, they're putting their reputation on the line, not only in the cryptocurrency space, but also in the traditional space, especially in the traditional space. You know why the big funds haven't gotten into cryptocurrency in a big way? A lot of it has to do with fund managers not wanting to lose their promotion because they invested in Bitcoin and went down 50% that quarter. That's what's going on right now. There's not a lot of confidence in Bitcoin. We think it is because we're in a bubble. There is not a lot of confidence in Bitcoin. It's growing. But in the traditional sector, many people are scared to bet on Bitcoin. Why is it that you think these future-thinking, ridiculously smart kooky people like Elon Musk are buying a ton of Bitcoin. What, why do you think that is? Because Elon Musk doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. In his mind, he's already won. He doesn't need anybody's approval. Most people are in the rat race. We're going to talk about Robert Kiyosaki in a second, so it's funny I say that term. Most people are in the rat race wanting to get the next promotion, wanting to move up the ladder, move up the corporate ladder, uh, you know, manage another $2 million worth of funds. They don't want to hurt their reputation. So most people are not speaking out for Bitcoin right now. They're going to jump on the bandwagon and speak out negative against Bitcoin. People jumped on the bandwagon in the last two months of the last bull market from 2015 to 2017. So again, two examples that I remember watching myself were Dude Perfect and Ellen DeGeneres, two huge names. Even back then, they were gigantic names. Talked about Bitcoin. Crickets whenever the bear market started. Thank you. I knew he was going to do that. Damn. Crickets whenever the bear market started. Nobody did anything. Nobody talked about it because nobody wanted to put their reputation on the line in case this magic internet money disappeared. And you know what happened? It went to $3,000. I remember when it was trading at $6,000. I said it was going to hold $6,000. It went to $3,000. Man, that one hurt. You want to know how many negative comments I got that I probably deserved because I was probably missing something at the time? That's reputational damage is what's going on. And people don't want that. So number one, people are putting their reputation on the line if they're speaking right now. All the more reason to take them seriously if they're speaking positive about Bitcoin because they have every reason not to. So why would they go out of their way to speak positively about a project that could hurt their reputation? If they're trying to be selfish and they don't believe in Bitcoin, why would they lie and say something bullish about Bitcoin? Take that into account. Number two, talk is cheap in a bull market. It's costly in a bear market. This is an extension of the first point. Everybody can say bullish things about Bitcoin when the market is on a tear and it's up 500% in the last year. Everybody can talk bullish about Bitcoin then. What about when Bitcoin just dropped 50% in a day and it's March 15th of 2020 and Bitcoin's trading at $4,000 when the all-time high was 20K? It looked like it was finally going into a rally, forming a bull flag that would lead it back to all-time high. Then a pandemic starts and it drops 50% in four hours. Talk is cheap when Bitcoin's at 60,000. It's very, very risky to say Bitcoin is going to survive and thrive when a pandemic gets out of control. Nobody even knows if they're going to have enough food on the shelves and toilet paper's flying off of them like nobody's business. And Bitcoin is dropping 50% in four hours. This channel was bullish on Bitcoin. This channel was buying Bitcoin at the time. Most weren't. Talk is cheap in a bull market. It's costly in a bear market. The voices that we hear right now truly understand what Bitcoin is and more importantly, listen to me here. If you listen to anything in this stream, listen to this. The voices that are speaking right now, bullish on Bitcoin, don't understand just what Bitcoin is. They understand why Bitcoin is. They understand what financial sovereignty is, even though they may not have that term for it. We coined that term here at this channel, and we would love for that, channel, that term to start trending because I believe that term best defines what this entire industry was built off of, putting financial sovereignty back in our hands, the people, we the people, rather than multinational banks that would rather charge 25% remittances to some poor family in El Salvador that can barely afford to feed themselves. We would rather the control over their finances be back in the hands of that family in El Salvador. We would rather the financial sovereignty be back in their hands because they know best how to take care of their kids. 
That's what we want. We want us to have financial sovereignty. The people that are speaking bullish about Bitcoin right now understand not only what Bitcoin is, but why Bitcoin is. But why does this point matter? On a ship in a storm, you want to model the behavior and reaction of those who have weathered the storm before versus those on the ship who are experiencing fear and turbulence for the first time. Let me ask you something. Have you ever made a wise decision out of fear? I'm not saying you never made a wise decision out of caution. That's different. It's not stupid to look both ways before you cross the street. That's not a bad decision. You're doing that decision out of caution. But if you never cross the street in your entire life and you're stuck in one block for the rest of your time here on this earth because you're fearful from crossing the street, then I'm not going to ask you how we should cross the street. I'm going to ask the guy that says, okay, yeah, I look both ways because I don't want to get hit by a car, but I'm going to cross the street because I want to I look to the person that understands the difference between caution and fear. We certainly don't want to listen to the guy who's careless, but we also don't want to listen to the guy that's fearful. Those are two extremes. We want to listen to the person who's cautious, but cautiously optimistic. That's who we want to listen to. So do you want to listen to a talking head on CNN or Fox who says, Bitcoin's down 60%. I've never invested in it. I've never traded it. I don't understand it. In fact, I bought Dogecoin at the top and I lost $500,000, but Bitcoin's going to zero. Do you want to listen to the fearmonger, or do you want to listen to somebody who's been in the space for five years? Do you want to listen to somebody who's been in the space for seven years? Do you want to listen to somebody who's been working in financial markets for 30 years? Do you want to listen to somebody who has gone and made six figures, seven figures, eight figures in Bitcoin? I'm not talking about myself here, to be clear. I'm talking about anybody in the space who's one, cautious, but two, calm. But three, they actually care and they know what they're talking about because they have experience. So here are the voices of some of the stalwart and stoic captains of the stock market and this current cryptocurrency market. Harry Dent is an economist who has been in the news and been followed for a very, very long time. He correctly called the bubble bursting in Japan <clears throat> In 1989, in the long recession that ensued, a lot of that had to do with demographical changes in Japan. Their population was aging. If you look at a demographical population pyramid, it's upside down. They had a lot of people aging. Harry Dent correctly called the recession. That was partially due to it. The uh, ensuing breakup of the Soviet Union had something to do with it as well. He called the bubble bursting over there. There were massive automotive and man uh, manufacturing. Japan's manufacturing sector shrunk quite a bit. He correctly called that bubble bursting. He also cor correctly called the bursting of the dot-com bubble. He correctly called the Donald Trump presidency. And he also called this year's bear market during the last year's rally. So Harry Dent is a, is a, uh, a name that we can kind of listen to because he's got some experience, right? Well, Dent's current take on Bitcoin is this. I'm going to quote him here. It's going to crash. And I think Bitcoin could go down to $3,000 or $7,000 and then go to half a million dollars in the next global boom by 2037. So it will be the buy of a lifetime. But I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole, even down 50% from here. So I want to ask Tim his opinion on that first, and then I'm going to give my take. Tim, what do you think about Harry Dent's prediction, and is he somebody that we should be listening to? If so, why? The exact, you said the price was what? He said that he thinks it'll go to $3,000 or $7,000, then half a million dollars by 2037. Yeah. You know, that. so... <sighs> Whenever you have a guy who loves a project and yet he still makes a prediction, I'm not saying he's absolutely right. I'm saying it's something you have to give weight and you have to listen to. Why? Because he doesn't have a motivation to be a FUD monger. He has a motivation to try to be accurate. And he he believes, again, with that other prediction, I know it was, you know, he said half a million by 2037. That's what it says. Yeah, so he's half being, a million to a million in the next Yeah, I think he's being a little, a little conservative with that one I now. Agree. He's going very, very far with the bottom. At this point, here's... Here's another thing. You know, I haven't been through a bear market yet. And is it possible to go that far? Absolutely. But I, what I would say, even him with what he says, and I think we're going to talk about some other people's predictions as well, whether someone is super bullish or whether they're super bearish, I love getting to hear what people think and then getting to analyze it and think about it myself. And, you know, that to me, I I, I think that what would have to happen for that low of a Bitcoin price is – not just a normal recession, a massive, massive, massive recession, which to be fair and frank, is a potential possibility, especially with how we're handling the money. Again, I understand why if we were to just jump up that 75 basis points from the Fed, it would be a very painful. But the sooner we can get some of this stuff dealt with, the sooner we get to that max pain point and we can move on with our lives. Uh, and, I, and I say that lightly because there are some people that that would ruin their lives. So that's not something that I, I'm like sitting here saying I'm angry or I'm upset. I'm just saying I think that this is something we should do uh, because what's going to happen in the long run is staying conservative is 
going to ruin people's lives. Yeah. Uh, at this point, people's lives will be ruined because our government has not handled their money correctly. But as far as that prediction, realistic, is it realistic? I, I don't know. Is it possible? Yes, absolutely. Well, let's not just listen to the prosecutor from Arkham. Let's also look at Robert Kiyosaki. His book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was the number one personal finance book for many years. And Tim, I don't know about you, but I actually read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 16 years old. And it was one of those books that I read. And I'm like, wow. Okay, so I don't have to just sit here in the rat race this whole time. I don't just have to sit here and work for a paycheck until I get old and gray and die and have no retirement because inflation. I don't have to do that. I can go out and be entrepreneurial. My dad worked in construction for many years. He was a superintendent over high-rises, prisons, shopping malls, uh, entire subdivisions. My dad worked on all those things, so he wasn't just somebody who would go out and, you know, earn a paycheck. He was an entrepreneurial spirit. He, he flipped, you know, flipping houses and everything. So I had that model in my childhood and Rich Dad Poor Dad kind of pushed me over the edge. And I was like, wow, actually, hang on. I can go out and make something for myself. I don't just have to follow the same pathway and trajectory that everybody else says that I do. Robert Kiyosaki says this. I remain bullish on Bitcoin's future, wanting for waiting for a test of new bottoms, 20,000, 14,000, 11,000, 9,000. Why do I remain bullish? Fed and Treasury are corrupt organizations. They will self-destruct before they regain honesty, integrity, and moral compass. Take care and be aware. I mostly agree with that statement. I think that there is a possibility that the Fed and the Treasury could regain honesty, integrity, and a moral compass. I think there's only one way they could do it, only two ways they could do it. Either one, everybody there fully accepts Jesus Christ. That's probably not going to happen as much as I would pray and hope that it does. Two, if you got them to fully integrate blockchain uh, systems such as Cardano to um, increase what is known as uh, inclusive accountability so that we can see what they're doing at all times and hold them accountable to it. That would help. Other than those two things, the Fed and the Treasury are going to remain corrupt organizations and they will self-destruct before they regain honesty, integrity, and a moral compass. And if they don't self-destruct, they will destroy your finances, which is why we need to take a different route such as Bitcoin. Robert Kiyosaki's point is this. Bitcoin has a very strong value prop and it will so long as things like the Fed and the Treasury continue to be corrupt. Robert Kiyosaki has been in the space for a very long time, not just Bitcoin, but also in gold and also many other investments. He knows what he's talking about. He believes in the future of Bitcoin. Michael Saylor, we've interviewed him here on the channel. Genius absolute genius. If you haven't watched the interview that we did with him, you've got to go watch it. I have a background in physics. He runs a company that has dozens of patents in engineering, so he has a large background in physics, much bigger than I do. We both had a physics conversation about Bitcoin. We both decided and agreed that Bitcoin is something that we would call the first thermodynamically sound superconducting digital system in the history of mankind. That is a great interview. Go back and watch that. He talks about that in that interview, and he says this, in a global bear market, there is no place to hide, but there is one place to stand, and that place is Bitcoin. These are giants of their industries. These are people that really know what they're talking about who've been working in these industries for much longer than I have, and they are very bullish on Bitcoin. What is their common denominator? We're going to talk about that. But, Tim, I want to ask how you are planning on handling this bear market because your first bear market. I remember my yeah. first bear market. I remember I made a lot of mistakes. What are you planning on doing in this bear market? Well, so I kind of hinted at it here a second ago, but it, it is to learn from people who have been in them before. It's to learn from economists. It's to learn from people who know more than I do and not just take them at their word and say, well, he said it, so therefore it must be true. It's to listen to what they say, then analyze, and hopefully they also explain why they're saying what they're saying, and then to do my own research to to kind of regroup that. I also am using this season to educate overall about how to trade, how to do markets. I told you guys before I've entered trades before, but the last week I've been doing some scout trading, learning some very valuable, valuable lessons here. This is the season of education. I would say like throughout my first year as I was growing, you guys watched me grow in my technical analysis, my ability to kind of analyze what's going on in the charts. Not that I, you know, am the most expert person ever, but I feel like my growth over the last year has been phenomenal. I was probably doing at best an hour a day of research research between all the work I have to do and make sure we're running the company correctly, yada, yada, yada. I, uh, in the last couple of weeks, I have been going home and I would say with the exception of maybe two days where I kind of relaxed, I've been doing hours and hours and hours of research, uh, more than I've ever done before. And it's because this is the perfect opportunity to do so, because this is the time where the attention is low. If you were to go look at Google Trends and look at how many people are watching Bitcoin, how many people are watching crypto and analyzing it, it is so low. Those are the seasons you know when the attention is this low, it's the best time to grasp and understand what's happening so that when the bar market comes back and all those masses come back in, you're ready to make profit and actually grow your portfolio. So, you know, I, as we said earlier, you know, what should our person, what should our, our 
uh, emotions be, it should be excited and eager. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm just eager to learn everything I can about how to be ready for the next bull rally. So here's the point, guys. And here's the application that takes what he just said, what Robert Kiyosaki is saying, what Michael Saylor is saying, what Harry Dent is saying, what I'm saying, what the vast majority of people that actually know what they're talking about, who have been in this space for a very long time are saying, here's it in a nutshell. All of us, all of them, have a one, a long-term mindset. Why is that important? How did we get in this position of, of what's getting to be hyperinflation? How did we get here? By paying for today's problems with 10 years from now's money. Is that long-term thinking? No, it's not. It's putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole wound. That's what we're doing right now is we're doing short-term thinking on a governmental institutional level. The same people that want to tell you how to spend your money, how to run your business, how to pay your taxes, how to do all these things, how to handle your finances, don't know how to do it themselves. What's going on there? So number one, have a long-term mindset. This doesn't mean that you, can trade off, that you can't trade off the short-term volatility to be successful. However, those with vision, i.e. long-term mindsets, tend to fare better in these markets. They don't get fudded out as easily because they know why they're investing. Again, it all goes back to this core concept. Yes, what is Bitcoin? But more importantly, why is Bitcoin? Why is Bitcoin? Because it has the solution to financial sovereignty, which did not exist before Bitcoin, period. It didn't exist. The concept of financial sovereignty is 13 years old. It started January 3rd, 2009. It did not exist before Bitcoin was launched, period. There was no way to take full control of your money and of your financial systems. It was impossible. Now it's possible because of Bitcoin. That right there is a $100 trillion idea. That's a quarter of a quadrillion dollar idea, quite frankly. That is an idea that will revolutionize and is currently revolutionizing the world. People being able to take their finances back into their... Think about that. Think about what the world would look like if everybody adopted Bitcoin. What kind of paradigm shift would that be? That would affect politics, sports, culture, media, government, wars, geopolitics, um, authoritarianism versus libertarianism, right versus left. That would affect religion. That would affect uh, uh, international relations, cargo shipments. That would impact everything if everybody took financial sovereignty back into their own hands and just took it back from the governments and put it back in your pocket where it belonged. Because that's what it, that's what happened before government got involved, before government was created. Now, government is a you know a created institution, and I'm not saying the government doesn't have a place, but. Many, 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 many moons ago, government did not have the control over the currency because before there was a currency, people bartered and people did have financial sovereignty. It's a concept that hasn't existed in several thousand years, but people did have financial sovereignty. They, they, they did. Now, somebody could come and attack you and steal it. That's not great, but they did have financial sovereignty. They, they Okay, I have 73 head of cattle. I have 407 head of sheep. I've got this... Um, 300 acres that I say I own. And if you disagree, well, I've got seven sons that will go beat you up and make sure you stay off of it. I have this well over here. I have financial sovereignty. Nobody can come and take that. From, they can try, but I'm going to fight it back. That was financial sovereignty. That has not existed since there have been centralized currencies. That can now exist because we have a long-term mindset and because we understand why Bitcoin. So the key takeaway is all of these people that are saying, hey, Bitcoin's going to do very well in the long-term distant future. They have a, lo a long-term mindset. They understand why Bitcoin. They understand it's one of the biggest, not one of the biggest, it is the biggest solution, most powerful solution, only solution to financial sovereignty that exists in a modern industrialized world. They understand why they're investing. So what's the takeaway? Number one, when in doubt, zoom out. Just look at the previous bear market and say, hey, look, this is how it went. This is how it ended. Great. Okay, where are we going to go in the future? When in doubt, zoom out. Sometimes you have to zoom all the way back to the Bitcoin white paper. <laughs> you know, it's not just zooming out and looking at the price. It's zooming out and looking at the fundamentals in the on-chain as well. Number two, remember your why. I just said that, but it's very important. Don't forget why you're here. You're not here because of what Bitcoin is. You're here because of why Bitcoin is. You're here because Bitcoin is going to be worth trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars because it's going to change billions of people's lives for the better in a drastic way. Number three, don't let the short-term price action and volatility influence how you perceive the long-term value of Bitcoin because Bitcoin's long-term value is not determined by today's price. It's determined by forever's fundamental value proposition. Remember the why. And three and four, don't let the noise distract you. There's going to be a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of talking heads. There's going to be a lot of people saying, Bitcoin is going to crash down to $4,000. Bitcoin's going to rally to $65,000 tomorrow. I'm not, say, I'm not saying completely ignore it. Don't let it distract you from the why. 
Yes, look into trades on, on the volatility. That's great. Yes, pay attention to Bitcoin because right now it's dumping. It's down $500. Great. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying ignore that, but don't let it distract you from the core point, which is not what Bitcoin is, not where Bitcoin is, but why Bitcoin is. That, my friends, will lead you to success in the cryptocurrency space. Tim, do you have any final thoughts? No, I mean, I think you wrapped it up there really nice. Again, I, I think people are, you know, commenting on that uh, price action happening yeah. right now. Yeah, this is uh, this is getting to a place where potentially we're going to see this further down to the dip to the downside happen again i talked about earlier there's a potential for that bull flag it's not you know i i you know might say actually it is over there's volume coming into the space as we came over so it does look potentially guys like the rest of today could be uh a uh, a nice little dip we're actually keeping cut starting to work on breaking out of that longer term bear flag so my thought here is hey all right if you were in a trade i would i would definitely get out uh if you're in, in loss you know that's another concept that i'm learning very much so and and it's people sometimes try to hold on to things for too long they're a little too greedy and they're afraid of taking losses hey you know there are times to take losses and prepare yourself for another bottom because guess what here's what is really good about even in bear markets there is volatility there will be another moment so don't freak out if you lost money and i know some people lost a lot of money because they entered with a lot of trade, but learn how to protect yourself long term. Again, it's not about accruing US dollars. It's about accruing Bitcoin or Cardano or whatever you're doing. So get out now. Don't lose any more. Get back in lower and then ride some volatility back to the upside. Boom. There we go. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and read some super chats and wrap out the stream here. Make sure you smash that like button if you haven't already. I know we can get to a thousand likes by the end of this stream, especially hit that like button if you understand why Bitcoin is, not just what or where Bitcoin is, but why Bitcoin is. Before we do the super chat, so I do want to give a shout out to kind of a sponsor of ours, Consensus. Hey, everybody, we are excited to let you guys know that our team, including Tim, is going to be at the Consensus Conference in just a few short weeks. I am not going to be there because it actually is in the exact same week that my wife and my son and I are moving into our new house. So <laughs> I'm not going to be able to be there, but Tim will be there and other mm -hmm. members of our team will be there. The 2022 Consensus is a showcase and celebration of all that crypto has to offer thousands of the world's brightest minds and impactful voices. We'll take over Austin, Texas, June 9th to June 12th. This is the only conference covering all sides of blockchain, crypto, Web3, and the metaverse hosted by Coindesk, one of the big, very influential and trusted platforms in the digital world. Consensus is the world's biggest and longest running crypto conference to date. So make sure you get your ticket with the link in the description box down below. And uh, make sure you go and see Tim there and the rest of our team there. There yeah. will be several of our team members there. Now, Tim, let's go ahead and go over those price predictions. Yes, it was pr it's price prediction time, and it looks like a good Smay win today. He oh. said 29000 uh, Where did I have that? I, actually I did say that it off. might take t longer than Friday to get yeah. down to twenty seven five. I had a feeling that was going to happen. Yeah, so uh, Smay, when was the last time? Smay, when did you win the Huddle Trophy last? Was that like uh, two, the three week, two? The week before last. Nice. Probably. Well, Smay gets another victory for today. He, his prediction of 29000 is the closest with the current price sitting at let me get back to my chart we are sitting right now at 29444 so smay thank not only you. did you win you thank were you. stinking close yeah he was four hundred dollars of the yes, price sir. thank you so, good job smanold yeah good job smanold well let's go ahead and jump into some super chats and we got a little yeah. bit of a club DeFi update about an update for you guys yeah elliot Locke said we are in a bear market and i believe in a recession everything is down being in stonks gold crypto Stonks. but not nfts and cnft nfts the nft and cnft space are booming why would that be they're booming because bitcoin is a more <laughs> quote unquote decentralized network than it used to be crypto is it's not all about bitcoin it's not all centralized towards what bitcoin does they are different assets and different parts of the crypto sector that can do very well even when Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency prices themselves are not. And that's just a good example of that. Yeah, let's see. Another one would be in the last super chat I see here. I'll go make sure. But he said bit uh, Bitcoin, ETH, DOT, LINK, SOL are all what I plan on accumulating, and I couldn't be more excited. Boom, there you go. Just make sure you got some Bitcoin and Ethereum in there, in my humble opinion. He actually did say that. I'm sorry. I just heard the last bit. Yeah, yeah. good deal, Corey. Not you know, bad at all. Uh, I don't know if we have any other Super Chats, but I want to let people know, again, we just talked about it. We broke out of that uh, bull pattern that we had forming, which yep. happens. It's not a perfect thing. Here's what you guys need to watch on. And, and I want to get close out the show because uh, I was even doing some more studying and making sure I'm up to date on how to read these things. So this bear flag we have forming right here, I'll go out to the I'll go out to the 12 hour chart to show you guys what's happening here. So we have this bear flag. Why do I have this projection right here? Well, this is our flag that started right back here on what day is that? The uh, 4th of May. Here We are sitting right at the edge. It is not confirmed that we're breaking out yet. There's still technically a possibility, guys, that we 
rally back up at least somewhere out here in the middle, if not all the way. We're on the smaller time frames. We're kind of overextended to the downside right now. So that is a distinct possibility. We're seeing right in the middle of those two Bollinger Bands. What you want to see if you want to try to short the market, or let's say you're not even shorting the market. Let's say that you are just waiting and confirming, hey, are we actually going to the downside before another rally? Watch to see, do we break this level of support and so, and then volume comes into space. That increased volume is the evidence that there are trades and there are people entering it. They're short positions. Other people are exiting their uh, long positions. Things are getting liquidated and the volume's coming in. So the rest of today, keep and probably the next couple of days, keep your eyes on these, on this candle body right here and this line of support to see, hey, is the volume coming in? Are we actually going down? Or potentially, is this a bear fake out? There's still some possibilities happening there. Boom. There you go, guys. Well, I want to thank all of you guys for watching. Make sure you hit that like button before we go. Let's see if we can't get to a thousand likes. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. By the way, for everybody who is in Club DeFi, number one, there's about to be a lot more people in Club DeFi. Number two, there are a couple of updates. The first three videos of Fundamental Section 2 are going up today. And the first two videos of application of trading are going up today. As you guys know, we're dropping a lot of videos every single month in Club DeFi. A ton of them have already been shot. Got a lot of them in the bag. They're just coming down the pike. We have a ton of content in Club DeFi. I think we're up to 80, 85 videos or so before full launch. We're going to have well over 100. I'm very excited about it. The Discord server is very active. It's very exciting. A lot of people over there got Jeffrey and uh, Sir Mugiwara in chat over there on the Club DeFi Discord going to town. So make sure you check out Club DeFi. It is not launched right now. It is in a closed beta, but keep an eye on it. You can look at the site uh, if you would like. Go to clubdefi.com, but you won't actually be able to get in right now because it is in a closed beta. But that full launch will be coming at some point, and we're going to watch thousands of you guys pour into it. We're really, 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 really excited for it. Guys, like I said, if you enjoyed today's stream, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and watch out for today's afternoon video because I do believe it will be on Solana NFTs. So if you're interested in that, then you can find that video coming out later today. Before I go though, guys, I do just want to encourage you to follow us on social media at CryptoJeb over on Twitter, Instagram, at CryptoJeb Official over on TikTok. But now for real, before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.